You're listening to Kraken Fancast. The podcast for Seattle Kraken fans. By Seattle Kraken fans. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Kraken Fancast. I'm your host, Chris Porter. I'm here with my colleagues, Jim Cockrell and Nathan Gunderson, for some Seattle Kraken hockey talk. Before we start all of that talk, we want to give big thanks to our sponsor, The Angry Beaver, Seattle's number one hockey theme bar located in the Greenwood neighborhood of Seattle. If you're not going to the Kraken game, catch the game at The Angry Beaver. All right. Well, so uh, it's been about a week or so since our last episode. And while we can't say we've seen perfection from the Seattle Kraken the past week, we've certainly seen an, a continued improvement, one that resulted in the team's first three-game win streak of the season. It took a while to get here, but it did. It is before the end of uh, 2023 they did it, and uh, they 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 won some games they really need to, some some division games. So um, we'll pick that up uh, on December 23rd. Seattle Kraken took on the Anaheim Ducks, team that's been uh, struggling of late. They're an inferior team that... Really, the the Kraken, I'd say, really had to beat. It could have it could have really set them back and and been maybe even a little embarrassing in some ways. There, there were lots of great saves by Joey Decord. Uh, some good scoring on the game. Arguably, maybe it was a little closer than it should have been. I don't know, but uh, that's 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 for us to discuss and debate about. But uh, Kraken won that one three to two. Um, started off in the, nicely in the first period. They seemed to be very much in control. Uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand and Vince Dunn uh, getting uh, getting some goals. Bjorkstrand, his 11th, Dunn, his 5th. Um, and then uh, things were kind of quiet on the on the uh, uh, shot front uh, uh, on the second period. Kind of kind of calmed down a little bit. And uh, Frankie Vetrano, Vetrano um, of the uh, Ducks, Got an unassisted goal in the second period. So it was a close one there. Uh, they go into the third period, and Tomas Tatar gets another goal as a Seattle Kraken, his third of the season, uh, with uh, assists from Vince Dunn and Matty Beneers. And they're up 3-1. to one. Uh, Trevor Zegras made it a little uh, tighter uh, at the... I'm looking for the minute mark, and I don't see it here. But anyway, it was a little, little later in the third period, and... Uh, uh, the fourteen oh one, excuse me, that was it. So it was a little later in the game there, but uh, they uh, they they closed up, closed things up pretty well. Like I said, Joey Decord uh, did well. It was one of these games where they were outshot, thirty four to twenty two. So uh, Joey with thirty two saves in that one, and um, you know, good win that they really needed to have. So uh, then we go into uh, a bit of a break for a while uh obviously with the holidays and we hope you all had a for those of you who celebrate christmas hope you had a nice one um and then we you know got got finished up with christmas most of us and uh jumped right into some more hockey uh on the 27th and um we finally saw our old pal i've been wondering i've been feeling we he's been sitting on the bench there for a while i love joey decord and love love seeing him get a lot of exposure and a lot of playing minutes but uh chris drieger when are we going to see a pal? Well, we finally saw him against the Calgary Flames. And, man, he made a very sweet return, making 37 saves uh, while the, as the uh, Kraken defeated the Calgary Flames. You've been, you know, somewhat of a, a thorn in, in the Kraken side there. Big win. Uh, they won 2-1. Uh, uh, the goals by Kyla Yamamoto 
Uh, he got his seventh. He started the game off that way. Nazem Kadre, though, answered back uh, a few minutes later, tying the game up. That's all in the first period. No scoring in the second period. And then the third period, Alex Winberg got his fifth when he uh, got a much-needed goal about six minutes into the period, uh, assisted by Jared McCann and Will Borgen. But uh, this was lopsided on the on the shots, too. A very similar uh, similar game and vibe, in a way, uh, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, 38 shots by Calgary, 21 by the Kraken. So not getting a lot of offense on the, on the uh, on the on the opposing goalie, but uh, you know kept kept the D going, and uh, you know block, you know having a good amount of block shots and hits and other stats were a little more even. So. Uh, some decent games. Hey, look at the scoreboard. They won. Okay. Again, not perfection, but we feel a lot better gradually over the last uh, couple of weeks uh, than we did uh, after that awful eight game skid. So, uh, as of the recording here, uh, the Kraken are uh, sort of in fifth place in the uh, wild card hunt. Uh, they've got uh, 35 points. Uh, that puts them about three points behind Arizona and two points behind Nashville for those two wildcard spots. Um, St. Louis, Minnesota, Calgary, Edmonton, all in the mix there. Some teams like Edmonton have a, a few games in hand, so uh, got, a, got a long way to go uh, before we start feeling uh, a lot of confidence, but we're getting getting some more confidence, fellas. So, yeah, thought, got thoughts, Jim, when we start with you, any thoughts on, on uh, these two past games we just saw? Well, how are you doing, everybody? Welcome back. It's kind of nice to only have to look at two games instead of five in a two-week period. Yeah, we had a little little elbow room this time. Yeah, it was nice and relaxing, actually. Um, so we're the good thing about these last two games is uh, we're in a consistency pattern, which is goes along with those last seven games. Um, things that make a big difference, scoring first in six of those seven games still. Um, and we're, we are... We're playing a 60. You know, we might have some weak, weaker moments, but we are playing some 60 here. And those two games kind of mirrored each other in a way, like you said, outshot in both of them. But, uh, you know, we're turning away high-quality chances. And, and like Drieger said in the second game, keeping a lot of good stuff to the outside. So, you know, uh, somebody else mentioned, you know, I'm not going to complain about it. We're winning. Uh and so what if we're down in shots? We're playing a good defensive structure hockey right now, and we're getting key goals from guys at the right time, you know, like Yamamoto. I'll tell you what, that kid is, and the fourth line, he's turning into a, an individual uh, breakaway or in tight solo guy. He can he can find a spot in tight, right in tight, and he can score. I, to the point where I even looked up his shooting percentage, I thought, man, it's looking pretty good with him. And it only came in in like a 15-9, which is uh, okay. It's pretty good, but I expect it to be higher. Um, Bjorky in that first game against Anaheim had a really nice, you know, he's got his sweet spot at the top of the circle, much like McCann. And he had a beautiful bar down. And, and once again, he's sh showing the payday on him, man. We talked about him big time last uh, podcast. And then the Tatar backhand down low, coming down the slot, little dangle after that push pass or drop from Dunner. Um, that was just an unbelievable goal, really. To be, I mean, what do you want? And, He's meshing you know, in with the Tatar that is with the, the team already. I, I yeah, he is. That's, uh, that's kind of awkward. It takes a little while to get the chemistry, and he feel it feels like he's been with the team for a while. Well, you know, when he was in Colorado he was pulling nine minutes a game. I mean, that's fourth line numbers, right? He, here he's averaging about 15, which is 
not even first line numbers, but he's going out in key situations. He's a two way player. He he's one of those guys I've already noticed that even if he's not on the stat card, you notice him in his work, especially his board work down low in the corners to start a play on a breakout when you're getting pressured pretty good. So that's an element to that line that wasn't there before. Uh, he's just a real smart puck protecting player uh, in the defensive zone. And then he gets to break out on some board pass or something to the neutralize and they're gone. And then he joins the play and he's in it and there you go. So he's, he's doing great. Um, it, Joey, of course, was solid in that first game. And um, like I said, well, you know what? Zegers got that Michigan goal, and that got me all pissy there for sure. I mean, he does you know, that, I mean, doesn't he? I, yeah, I'm a, you know how I am. It's like, oh, whatever, you showboat. How many games have you won with that move? Anyway, it was beautiful, but get it out on that if unless you're going to win. Um, so stars of the game on that, uh, Tatar, Dunn, and Joey. Joey had a 941 on that game. Uh, the, the other game against Calgary, which is, you know, <laughs> one, seven and one going in against those guys. Right. And we've kind of got a little bit of a, a rivalry going back with the Borgen and the, uh, Mag thing and stuff like that. So that's like, other than our Colorado tiff, we got going, this is kind of one, at least for me. Um, so it was obviously nice to get that win for once. That's huge. I don't know why they had us like that. Um, but yeah, Yamamoto on that goal and, and when he's, uh, by the way, that Winnie goal was totally underrated because he caught that on the back pass from McKeon and he, just as he gathered it, he let it go from the outside. It was super quick. And we all smile when, when, when he scores, don't we? <laughs> Yeah, um, like, oh, he's there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and of course, Drieger, 974. He was the talk of the 60 minutes uh, on social media, everywhere. Just outstanding. Uh, you got the post-game hat, right? Yeah. Yes, he did. He was super, you know, he's positionally sound. He's not overplaying, at least in this game. By the way, it's been since May 22 since he played a game. So, as far as the NHL goes. Uh, positionally sound. Uh, not overreacting, see peekaboo, see through traffic, which is an element to the game that not all guys can handle, right? Uh, he's seeing the shot come through traffic, uh, rebound control, just everything you wanted in a game. And, he, you know, he's playing in his old barn when he played for the Calgary Hitmen in the WHL. So that's kind of special, too. Um, just a great game. We finally won, yes, outshot. But like he said, keeping him to the outside, keeping the high quality down, so on and so forth. So, I'm happy we finally got over that nonsense. Uh, yeah, good two games. Uh, last seven games with points, 12 out of 14. What do you want, right? Yeah. No, it puts them in a lot better position, and uh, we move forward. You know, uh, seeing how things were going with Drieger, Nathan, I was thinking of you because, I mean, I'm thinking back to a lot of episodes we've had in past seasons and a lot of Drieger talk and is Drieger better than Grubauer. I'm just, I'm just thinking it was such a different – world uh for cracking goalie roster uh a long a while ago and then drieger gets hurt and you know his his life's kind of thrown upside down and even the team and then that gives an opening to joey decord to come up joey just you know did fantastic of course in coachella so essentially joey beat out drieger um but drieger's been doing fine in coachella and um you know, it, I, it was really nice to see. I could tell the fans were really happy to see him, and I, and I want to get your thoughts on on on, on this past game and and you know how how Chris is looking. Yeah, 
we there's been lots of chatter. We've always talked, you know, he's sitting there on the bench, starting to get somewhat of a long face. When is he coming out? When are we going to see him? Is he still doing okay? Because we know the guru's totally out for who knows how long. To have him come out and play the way he did was probably really good for his own psyche. Um, well-deserved, well-deserved win. 30, what was it, 37 blocks or saves, only one goal. It's pretty good when you haven't been playing, would you say, May 22? You know, yeah. that's 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 a long the NHL, time. NHL, yeah, yeah. And you mentioned, too, you know, we've kind of, in three seasons, have seen three different teams. We've We've seen a team that had a not very good season. Then the next year we had a to- what seemed like a totally different team where we go to the playoffs, second round. And now this where we've had some major, major issues with losses, few wins here and there, and now we're climbing back up. It's as if they figured it out in a lot of ways. Uh, is that a lot of hackstall? I don't know. But these guys are tired of losing, I can tell you that. They were tired of losing, and they've been shoving it down their throats. Now, I don't mean necessarily seven to one, six to three. You know, it's been a lot of two to ones, three to twos, and that's okay. Jim said it. I'll say it too. A win is a win. I don't, it doesn't have to be pretty, doesn't have to be an ass kicking, just that W. And this game, I said it last podcast, last episode, this Calgary game was very, very important. They're all important. But this one just seemed to matter a little bit more because look what it did. We flip-flopped with them in the standings. They can keep going, keep up the pressure, hopefully get some help from our friends and and bring Calgary down a little bit more, see what happens. And I want to see Drieger in the net again, Hacks. So make sure that happens. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I'll, I'll underline something you said, Jim. I mean, Calgary's just been such a thorn in Seattle's side, you know, every season and but they're a team that i'm like i'm like why like they're good but you know i I'm, they don't make me nervous like so many other teams in, in, in the league you know you know vegas coming in or the bruins or the rangers i mean they're just some teams that are just so dominating and and i don't know why they've had their number so that that really gets gets a little bit of a monkey off your back because they're gonna have to, they're gonna have other games against Calgary later in the season. They they need to win most of those in order to get a playoff spot because I, I think Calgary's gonna make it tougher for them than the than they did last year. Um but uh yeah and Drieger n- nice story. I mean it, it and then I'm also thinking in our last episode how we were talking about Joey DeCourt stealing a game and how in the Kraken's existence and with much due respect to Philip Grubauer and, and, and all the guys, but we just rarely seen any of any of our goalies any of our beloved team's goalies steal games and Drieger kind of did that I mean there were some really nice saves I saw I, I kind of looked back on some highlights and I was like wow you know he he just really looked good you know he's obviously he's had some games in Coachella you know this this season but uh to you know to kind of get warmed up but that was that was some adversity he had there and, and it's been a he's had his life's been one big piece of adversity uh, you know the past year and so such a nice story but i mean one we could kind of say he stole that game too maybe there, there were a couple couple of games we've had this year that way put the check mark in the steel box no doubt and the reason being is because that you know you look at the shot total second and third period they were increasing and 
they had to kill a back-to-backer in the second period, some overlap. And I thought that was going to be nail and coffin. And they killed it, and he was a big part of that. And Adam Larson was a big part of cleaning house on that PK. And then the late one, uh, also that the pressure they were giving us there at the end, goaltender pulled and everything else, and, and Tana blocking shots and both ankles, you know, going off the ice, everything. Everybody was sacrificing. But, yes, you, Drieger stole that. You can knock that down for sure. Great. You know, we've, we've seen a couple, three games, and only four goals allowed in three games. So we've been treated to some really good goaltending, really good defense. Loving it. Loving it a lot. I mean, you could you could actually say, uh, because Joey set that record with shots, too, in that one win, uh, you could you could say of the last seven game running, that's the best goaltending stint we've had in our existence. So, no yeah. question. Yeah, fantastic to see. May it, may it, may it continue. So, uh, right before, uh, rather uh, shortly after our recording of this episode, uh, Kraken will take on the Philadelphia Flyers. They're back home uh, in Seattle, and uh, that's going to be a tough game. I mean, this is a much improved uh, Flyers team. Uh, they are, as we speak now, they're what they're third, third in the Metropolitan Division, forty yep. points, uh, and handily have a, a holding on to a playoff spot. John Tortorella, Torts, colorful coaches uh, in the NHL for sure. Yep. He's, he's he's whipped them up pretty well, so that's not not a not an easy one uh, necessarily. So uh, that's coming up, and that's a little warm up to what we're really looking forward to what we've been talking about for so long. And we're so giddy about the NHL winter classic happening at 12 PM Pacific time uh, on uh, January 1st, Monday, January 1st at T-Mobile park, home of the Seattle Mariners. But for one day or actually a number of days, because there's a lot of setup and I want to, want to, want to talk to you about that for a second, Jim, but uh, they're setting up quite a little this hockey city in the uh, baseball stadium. Um, Vegas Golden Knights taking on the Seattle Kraken in Seattle. So looking forward to this. Many of us are going, uh, and that's that's quite a. I, I see a lot of photos. I haven't we haven't gotten to see it ourselves with our own eyes, but we're seeing a lot of tweets from uh, Kraken insiders, and uh, that looks like quite a complex they got going. It is, Chris, and as you know, you've been to one. I've been to a couple, uh, but we haven't been in the city where it was been built. So we just show up for game time for, you know, game day or whatever. So getting all these little tidbits through social media and any videos on YouTube or what have you has been pretty cool. Of course, a lot of the media darlings that we know are down there um, and they're giving us daily updates. Uh, it's pretty cool. I've been watching it along from the early rendition to the first foundation setups and, and, uh, on, on, you know, whether it's the ice or the ice pans and then the boards and the glass went in yesterday and the lines started getting painted today. So, you know, I ice, then lines, then ice again. Um, and they do make outdoor ice, uh, thicker than indoor ice. Uh, it's just looking good. The outdoor features are kind of cool. They got a boat split in half out there with tentacles ripping through it. They've got a boathouse off to the left field that has a pond out in front of it. And I, I'm guessing, cause they've done this in past winter classics that they probably will have kids pl- doing sh- uh, shinny out there playing some hockey on it during the game, basically. And then right field has some 
features with some kayaks and stuff or what have you. And then, of course, from the dugouts out are the docks to look like a marina coming out to your your feature, which is the rink. And then they've got all the fancy, you know, custom-made banners in all the fancy places in the press box and along with lining everything. And it's all ready to go. And everybody's, you know, pretty happy and pretty smiley. And, well, we're, I'm, I'm going to go to an event down here the day before, and then we're going to go down there um, traveling up the day or the night before as well. Uh, it is my anniversary, so I got to play this by ear. Thankfully, Allison's come along for the ride. So happy anniversary! Uh, All right, we're going yeah. to Amfest stuff. Oh, but. you know what? She's into. <laughs> she's actually missed two of them. <laughs> uh, I have actually. So this is going to be good. Plus, we're going with friends that you know too, Chris, and uh, we've got good seats. Um, I got my stupid protractor out when I picked those seats. Uh, so it should be fun. And then. Uh, but, you know, talking about that Philly situation heading into it, it's kind of weird. It's kind of a filler game right before, you know, on the East Coast and Eastern Conference team. Uh, and, and it's like, obviously, we want to win to continue the flow of everything and pick up some points, um, you know, but it's not the end of the world if you drop it either. But it is nice to know that Vegas has been suffering here a little bit lately they've lost four in a row and they're playing right now i don't know what the score is they're playing la uh yeah the la they're up one nothing in the second period over the kings right now so i mean it's been enough it's been enough of a little losing pattern for them for uh the big networks to be talking about them lately so it's good to catch them on a down and we're on and up and it'd be really cool if we could win this game regardless and have a good time and then go to the party after and the fan village and all that stuff and, and make a good day of it. Cause like you and I have been to one where we lost badly and it's a fun experience, but it's still funner when you win. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, some of the, some of the other events that are going on. So, I mean, I think I saw the Spitland Chicklets guys are, are doing something at the bar nearby. Is, is that right? And then, you know, and then this fan fest stuff, like what's, what's some of the things that people could, can check well, out? Well, so yeah, Spit and Chicklet Boys are in town two nights ahead of time, different different venues. I'm not sure which ones. Uh, they have the one down there by the stadium that they're at the day before. They're in the night before. They're somewhere else doing a signing. Uh, and I think somebody else is going to be there too. Um, then there's uh, other charter events. Like I've got an event down here in my own town, which is kind of cool. There's a park on the east side of town uh, called Verlo Park. And I know a guy that I played hockey with for years. I've played with him for a while. He's a good friend. It's his grandpa that the park is dedicated to for years on the east side of town. And somehow the NHL Winter Cla uh, Seattle Kraken Winter uh, Classic Foundation and One Roof have donated time and money for the park. And I believe, well, they're going to have some groundbreaking uh, thing on Saturday at 10 to two or 10 to noon. And I'm going and it has, I think it has to do with building an outdoor uh, sport court rink, roller rink type thing, which is really cool because it's in, you know, uh, the top part of town. And the, this is given an opportunity for kids to play that would never ever ch have a chance uh, to play the game because it can cost money. And, and so it's kind of cool that they're helping out the community um, that way. And I, I like it that they came down to Pierce County to do it. That tells you how far they're outreaching with these different events. that part of this whole thing. Um, and how much money is behind it. So, and you know, they got the Stanley cup coming, uh, uh, to the KCI complex on the 30th for fans to watch practice and go, go hang out with the trophy and a couple other events going on, I believe. 
That's great. And then some stuff afterward. You can, uh, many people had an opportunity. I don't know if they got sold out or not, but uh, an opportunity to skate on the ice after oh, the game. Yeah. You and I got a date on that, that puppy, don't we? Yeah, we do. <laughs> Looking forward to that. That's going to be kind of surreal. In a yeah. I wish I was playing a game, but whatever. Yeah. We'll just, you know, skip along the ice, whatever we can do here. So anyway, really looking forward to it. We'll, of course, uh, be back uh, in a few days and uh, check in and do a recap of the game and the whole experience, too, Like because like like Jim was saying, there's just so much stuff around it. It's somebody, in a similar way, right, like Major League Baseball's All-Star game, uh, you know, bam, I mean, granted, there's not, uh, I mean, we're not going to see a skills competition thing type of thing like they do with during the all-star week but i mean this is this is very special and and sort of uh it might may remind some people a little bit of the whole hoopla around the mlb all-star game so for those of you who are baseball fans in seattle so so definitely check out a lot more things around the winter classic whether you're going to the game or not you won't regret it all right. So anyway, so that's what's coming up. We'll we'll talk more about that game uh, after it happens. But hey, we're over it now at our point of uh, of our program. Messages from the deep. Uh, we will be sending a Kraken Fancast T-shirt uh, when we can to the person who we think has the best question posed to us uh, for for the for this particular episode. Uh, for a particular episode, and that being this one. And so we've got one uh, we really dug uh, that uh, a fellow named Sam Easton sent us. So Sam asks, with Ellie Tolvanen's contract up this year, should the Kraken consider offering him an extension to keep the third line together? Hmm. Good question. We like Tolvanen. Tolvanen's been, Tolvanen's been a, a, a nice surprise. I mean, arguably, you know, cast off by Nashville and, it's been a solid player on the on that line, Jim. So, uh, hmm, but what to do with the contract? I'll have you know, I didn't just look at your question as one answer because I can't do that. I will give you the answer, but I'll give you some backup data to go with it. Uh, the answer is yes, we should be, keep that third line together. And Tolvi is doing exactly what he should. Sometimes he's a little bit streaky. Um. I think we should sign him. I think we can get him for a reasonable uh, price to where he's at right now, uh, which is uh, one one four five. So one point four five. I think we can fit him in, you know, somewhere in that uh, above that, but in a reasonable, I don't know, up to three if you have to. Um, maybe more depends on term. As far as others. You know, you, there's a lot of things here that can happen to make this happen because we're gonna we're gonna lose some people and we're gonna gain some people as we did last year. Um, I'd like to see Kyler Yamamoto signed as well. Um, and Chris, you were there with me the day that they signed him when we were up at camp, and we were both kind of like because it was a late deal, and we thought, wait a minute, I thought our roster was already established. And when we, that signing happened, I thought, hmm, that's kind of interesting. I don't know. Well, here I am, you know, December, and I'm like, okay. January. I'm okay with this. And, and I like what he's doing. He's, he's really fitting in well. You got something, you know, you want to say about that? So yeah, far? we are, we are sold on Kyler. We're, yes. We're sold on it. He's yeah. he come through. Okay. We get it. So, so those are the two guys I want to get in on this roster. Okay. But there's a lot of keys here. Like for instance, other things we have to think about, and I, I don't want to eat up too much mic time, but I want to give some basics. We do know that we have to sign Maddie this next year. What we don't know his 
his performance isn't what we thought it would be quite. So, you know, there's going to be some interesting things going on there. Kind of like what we did with Dunn. He got his nice salary, but his term was weird. It was a four-year term, almost like a bridge deal. You might be looking like something for that with Maddie till you figure out what's going on here with his career. Um, there's a lot of UFAs and RFAs in this next year. There's a lot of red and blue columns. I will tell you this. Um, no matter who you lose, you're going to gain back with similar type players. You just got to think about these guys in the upper sixes and the ones that make the big money that are getting end of term type of thing and age is coming into play. You've got guys like Ebbs at five and a half, 5.5 million. You got Winnie at 4.5. Okay. We know Winnie's most likely gone. Ebbs has been talk about, you know, being displaced or put somewhere or, or, or sold or just contract expired here. It's nobody likes to do it. He's a fan favorite in the community, but it's 5.5 million guys like shore probably gone. Bellerman, uh, Bellamar, probably gone. Schultz at 3 million, probably gone. And here's another one. Who had the great game last night? Who do we love? And who do we love that came back and had a great game for us? And, but it's Chris Drieger. He's 3.5 million. His contract's done. You know, he's probably going to be gone. I, you, give me another scenario where he's staying. How about that? So, when you total up that money, that $16.7 million of free space, right now our space, our cap is 83, a little over 83 million, uh, our cap hit. Our space is a little over $570,000, which is nothing. Um, we've got a little bit of LTIR that's not worth speaking of. So we're on the bubble now. We're going to be dropping six, you know, a lot of money next year to make pieces fit, like Beneers uh, coming in signing some other guys here. So just get used to it. But yes, going back to your question, I'm all about Tolvi, but I'm also about Yamamoto. After that, here's another thing you got to consider. Those minor league contracts, the non-rostered players, there's going to be a ton of movement down there as well. And I, I circled three players that I would like to hold on down there uh, for, for one reason or another, but there's a lot of names that, uh, can go and some of you are going to be sad, but a lot of these guys you'll never see play anyway up here, or you haven't seen much action out of them. That's just the way the minor system works. So there's a lot of marks to be had in this UFA and RFA market next year. Yeah. So. All right. Good stuff. Thank you, Jim. Yeah. Uh, may, may Ellie come back. Also, uh, one other thing to report about uh, or talk about really rather is a report on the world juniors going on. I mean, just, I'm just thinking a little segue here because you're mentioning Coachella guys and, you know, prospects and all. We have quite a few cracking prospects playing there. How's, how's that going right now? It's going okay. Um, we have six players in the world juniors uh, playing for different countries. Uh, we have, Carson Rakoff, Canada. We have Ty Nelson, Canada, who came in late on an injury replacement. He went to camp, but he wasn't selected, but he's there now. I have Zeb Forshaw for Sweden, Edward Schale, Czech, yeah. uh, Yanni Neiman, uh, Finland, and Nicholas Coco, Finland. Nicholas isn't getting any action. He's got a couple tendies ahead of him. Uh, it's in Gothenburg, Sweden. Runs uh, the 26th day after Christmas to January 5th. Um, there's been two games played by most clubs for the most part at the time. And Ty Nelson or Carson Rakoff had a nice game uh, yesterday. He had two goals, 
you know, he's, he's turning into a sniper. Can he be that power forward that I want? We'll see. Um, and Ty Nelson had a really nice game for a guy that only logged nine minutes and 11 seconds of time on ice. He had, he was a plus four and two assists. So do the math on that ice time. Um, the rest of the guys, uh, Edward Shaw has got three goals and one assist already. So some of our bigger names are popping out right now at the world juniors. And, you know, those are the ones that those scouts are there and they love it. And some of them treat it as a make it or break it tournament for a lot of guys over the history of that thing. And that tournament so, runs till when? The 5th, January. Okay. And USA is favored, but in typical USA fashion, they got off to a slow start, uh, losing four to one, or I mean, winning four to one, which was just weird. Uh, and I thought to myself, there they go. They're slow starters. And then Canada, of all things, is on a hot start as usual. And they are not predicted to, well, we're predicted to finish number one. But as this tournament goes, I've seen it flip-flop over the last 10 years back and forth. But it is my favorite time of the year. Oh, I know. I know. It's it's, it's a thing you look at really closely. So, yeah, let's uh, let's talk a little more about that as, as that goes along for sure. Um all right. Well, that about wraps it up for this uh, this edition. I do want to bring up uh, we've got, we've got some more shirts. We got some more merch, guys. This is something you guys are kind of working on. I don't know, Nathan. What we got? We, we obviously we have a few Dunn and Larson shirts, and for the recent orders, I, I apologize on the uh, lateness on them. Uh, a lot of that had to do with traveling and um, and uh, holidays and all that. But we're gonna the the, the orders that are in uh, they will be uh, sent out in a couple of days. Um, and if anybody more, many more people want some, we've got plenty of Kraken fan cast shirts left. Uh, but the Dunn and Larson one's just a small handful of extra larges. So, uh, if you, you like a, a big shirt or need one, uh, let us know soon, but we're also going to have some other stuff. What, what's going on there with that guys? Well, we just kind of started that up a little bit ago. We we're trying to find a different, uh, supplier register. So it makes our job easier. And so we're moving. You mean I don't have to be a UPS man anymore? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it makes the design process a little different, but uh, we're going to be using Spring or Spring T or whatever it's called, uh, and we will upload all the stuff as it comes. We just built the home base right now, and we we released a couple shirts. But our our marquee shirt right now would be since the the guy is getting all kinds of praise these days, and people love to chant his name, Joey, Joey, Joey Decor uh t-shirt out that just got put up there earlier today as a matter of fact so that's going to be the base to start with we're going to build off of that uh we got to look into how to transfer the dunn and larson over there and get all kinds of sizes to all you people that have been requesting so we're still working on it be patient please we'll get to you all right good stuff yeah go to seattlecrackandfancast.com uh check on our uh, shop link and uh, you'll be brought to our t-shirt page and um or you can also uh you know find out more information on our social media we are on twitter our handle there is at cast kraken we're on facebook instagram and uh you can also catch us uh, a lot of news at seattlekrakenfancast.com you can hear this podcast on apple podcasts spotify and podbean as well as on our website so uh check that out past episodes you may have missed they're all up there on our website uh, we also thank uh, all of the Patreon financial supporters. Uh, if you'd like to help financially help us out, even a couple bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 
it all helps out and it's all incredibly appreciated uh, you can find more information about that at patreon.com slash kraken fancast all right boys well we're going to be uh have a lot of uh winter classic stories when we come back in a few days so looking forward to that discussion uh but uh, for now uh for jim cockrell nathan gunderson and our producer jim Middle- jay middleton I'm uh, Chris Porter. We thank you very much for tuning in. And as always, we say, go Go Kraken. Kraken.